Keep Nintendo weird, everybody. It's me, Seth, from All In, a Nintendo podcast, and thrilled, as always, to be here with you with a super special, awesome episode of Keep Nintendo Weird, this time all about part-time UFO, which you probably gathered from the episode title. But, uh, man, ju- just, a, just a great episode in store for you guys with a great guest, uh, CJ Andreessen from Destructoid. Uh, but before we get into it, there's a little bit of backstory. A little little bit of backstory that you need to know to like truly appreciate this episode and why it kind of came to be the way it is. Um, so... If you've been listening to All In for a while, which if you're not, why aren't you? That's at All In Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and All In Nintendo Podcast on all of your podcast feeds like Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Uh, (laughs) Plug, plug, plug. Uh, If you listen to that show, then you will know that there is a kind of running inside joke that uh, we we kind of do on that show where we, we reference the fact that on Zelda's 35th anniversary back in February... Nintendo was silent. Nintendo said absolutely nothing about Zelda's 35th anniversary, and me being a diehard Legend of Zelda fan, I was salty, right? And am salty. It still hurts. Still wounded by that, Nintendo. Uh, But what they did instead was they posted like four or five times that day about part-time UFO. And look, I love part-time UFO, clearly. That's why we're dedicating this episode to part-time UFO. Like, I love that game. But it was Zelda's 35th anniversary, you guys, and you said nothing. So uh, I was salty about it, of course. It's kind of become a little bit of a running gag on All In. And so when Metroid's 35th starts to approach, of course, you got Metroid Dread coming out. So Nintendo's like rolling out the red carpet for Metroid. That's all great. I am as, I am as excited about that as anybody. We're doing like Metroid month on All In. This is taking nothing away from Metroid. But the fact that Nintendo posted about Metroid's 35th and not Zelda's... That bugged me, okay? So I was like, guys, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to flip the script a little bit. On Metroid's 35th, I'm going to post about part-time UFO, all right? So that's exactly what I did. Uh, And so that is what kind of spurred wanting to... I've always wanted to do a part-time UFO episode, but to be honest with you, it's been tough to find a guest for it, to find somebody who loves the game like I do, to gush about it. Um... So it was, you know, I put the call out. I was like, look, I want to do part-time UFO really soon. I put the call out on Twitter. And uh, that's how I came into contact with uh, with CJ from Destructoid. Uh, and, and man, what a cool sequence of events. And I, I just got to say, too, like, the people who kind of caught wind of this weird little Nintendo show and the people that I've come into contact with and, like, the the folks that liked this idea was, like, so humbling and cool for me because... You know, I've been somebody who has wanted to, like, be in the video game content creation, the video game industry or whatever, just, like, desperately my entire life. It's what I want to do. It's what I'm passionate about. And I've been doing podcasts for, like, almost a decade and just, like, screaming into the void with no real audience, but then doing All In and now this show and being able to talk to people that I've respected for so long and, like... CJ and I connected via Jonathan Holmes of Destructoid, who I've been a fan of for like 10 plus years. So, I mean, it's it's nuts. It's stuff like that that just blows my mind. I, I cannot believe that this is my life right now. Um, it's nuts. So anyway, uh, putting me in touch with like cool people like CJ, who was just so gracious and generous with his time and like just got off of a, of a vacation. Like if it were, you know, if it were anybody else, he would have been totally justified in being like, dude... I'm on vacation, like, screw you, I just got back, like, we can do this some other time, blah, 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 but 
CJ was so kind and was just like, yeah, totally. Let's do it. You know, as soon as I get back, like, I think he literally got back the day before we linked up to record this episode. It's, it's bonkers. So um, just a huge thanks to, to CJ uh, from Destructoid again uh, for doing that. Um, it's a great episode, you guys. You're in for a treat. So I'm not going to ramble any further. You know the backstory. You've heard me talk about it. Let's welcome CJ to the show. Let's gush about part-time UFO. And let's keep Nintendo weird. Right, Destructoid's own CJ Andreessen. How are you doing, sir? Doing well. How about you? Doing great. So stoked to have you on the show. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. This is the uh, first podcast I've been invited on, so I'm very happy to be here talking about a kidding? game. No, not kidding at all. Wow, that is shocking to me. Because you, I mean, you're no stranger to you were doing like Podtoid for a while, right? Two years we did uh, we did Podtoid on a near weekly basis outside of, you know, E3 and other events that pulled me away from it. But yeah, no, this sure. is the uh, first time. Um, and no it's, I'm glad to be talking about something I love, uh, which is, you know, part-time UFO. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great yeah. little game that not, not not enough people talk about on a regular basis. Exactly. That That's like a huge reason why I wanted to cover it. I mean, like I, I've been talking about the game on my own shows, like just screaming into the void about it for a while. And so it's, it's really nice to have somebody who loves it as much as I do to, to sit here and gush about it. Um, before we get into it, CJ, kind of let the folks at home know what you're up to. I've already kind of alluded to it. The Destructoid stuff is, yeah. uh, is obviously huge, but, um, but what are you up to these days? Uh, well, I've been with Destructoid for about six years uh, as we just discussed i i brought back pod toyed for about two years did that podcast with right. uh just some great people and it was really really fun experience just really time consuming because i believe you have a full-time real job i also have a full-time yeah. real job in addition to my destructoid stuff but um you know if you follow destructoid you 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 might know me from my uh unending love of onion games and everything they do uh just weird fun games like par- pocket card jockey and um <gasps> Pocket card jockey. Oh my goodness. I love that game so much. I was looking oh. through your past episodes. I'm like, how he, how has he not done that one yet? <laughs> That's on the list. That is absolutely. We're going to have to have you back for pocket card jockey. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's a, oh. that's a little anyway, brilliant sorry. game. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I just, I just had my first vacation in a very long time, feeling really good, really, really, really rested. And, you know, I'm looking forward to all the games that are coming out in the back half of Back half of 2021. That's the year we're in. Yeah. So, yeah. That's uh that's awesome. that's basically me. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's been really cool. It's been it's been cool to connect with uh with like-minded folks over this show. And um this is our first time meeting and stuff, so it's it's an absolute pleasure. Um now, part-time UFO is this is going to be an interesting conversation, CJ, because we uh we we're kind of coming at it from slightly different angles like mm-hmm. you are most familiar with the mobile version of the game which was the initial release and i've only ever played the switch version and so i i think we're kind of coming at it from two different places but with a with an equal amount of love for the game so kind of how how did you first come into contact with uh part-time ufo uh you know 
writing for games websites, we get lots of emails about upcoming games. And uh, I've always been kind of the big proponent of mobile games on Destructoid. I try and find the best ones to write about. I write about, sometimes write about bad ones, um, but I mostly want to find the positive for it. And so when I heard that HAL Laboratory was making a mobile game, I thought, oh, well, now I'm interested because it's HAL. You know, it's the creators of Kirby are doing a mobile game with no microtransactions, no ads. It's premium priced at, I think it was like $3.99 or $4.99, something ridiculously mm-hmm. low. I thought, I have to I have to play this. I saw the trailer. It looks freaking adorable. So absolutely. Yes. Um, I, you know, I volunteered to review it. I got the code and I was just like, oh, this is just such a wonderful little title. And uh, you know, I don't I don't know it, it, how many people ended up uh, purchasing it or, or playing it based on my review, but uh, it was just it, it's always such a joy to to spread the word of of little fun little games like this to people because uh, you know people have such um, an, a negative outlook on mobile games that it's it's fun to say hey right. they're not all like what you think they are look at this one it's adorable and cute and it's only three bucks and there's none of the nonsense none of the nonsense. That that's such a great point. Yeah, there there's so many. I think mobile games have sort of become like almost a dirty word, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the in the gaming uh, sphere or whatever. Um, people sort of look at it and they they think it's synonymous with microtransactions and gotcha mechanics and stuff like that. And yeah, part time UFO is just like a really charming, good little game. Like it's cute and it like has a really interesting little control gimmick and like. It's just well made. And I like it's interesting that you brought up Pocket Car Jockey a minute ago because it, it kind of reminds me of that in a, in a weird way, in that like Game Freak is known for this one big massive series. Mm-hmm. And they've made like these kind of weird little offshoots, like they've done Pocket Car Jockey and Harmo Knight and Tembo the Badass Elephant and stuff like that. And um, Hal, same way. It's like you've got Kirby, which is their like main marquee series, but then they've got Box Boy and Part Time UFO. And I, I really like it when these these bigger companies who are known for like one big thing have the kind of cachet to make little weird offshoots like this. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it, it's great to see them. You know, when when you get boxed into making a certain series for so long to just, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, experiment to your heart's content. And I really, I really think that that's what part-time UFO is. It's like, it's, it's a fun little experiment uh, that it's wildly successful because, you know, it's, it, it's got the, the, the fun game gameplay gimmick, but then you have all of the um, uh, uh, discipline that Hal laboratory brings in in developing games and developing artwork for games that just makes it this one, you know, adorably complete package. Yeah. So to, to kind of like set the stage, um, how, how would you describe part-time UFO, like getting into the gameplay of it and everything like that? Uh, you know, I was thinking about this before the show and, and it's basically like if a claw machine had mission modes mm-hmm. and, and that's, yeah. that, that's kind of like just sums up the gameplay. You know, you're a, a little UFO with a claw, like a claw machine, and you need to pick up items and place them, um, that's it. That's the extent of it. And then they get, uh, you know, on the on the mobile version, they get, se- uh, you know, several dozen challenges out of this. I can't remember how many we have here. Nine pages There's of three challenges. Nine, eighteen, thirty-six. Nope, that's bad. Thirty-six. Yeah, so that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good with math on the fly. Um, it's too early. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and you know you just see how far you can take the concept and and one of the great things about it is they don't take it so far that you get tired of it and you know they right. they have challenges in here like uh stack the cheerleaders that is kind of reiterated a little bit later of of i think stack the swimmers you know and it's just it, it it's it's i guess it's it's so finely targeted that it doesn't get boring. Like you have this one gameplay mechanic that they are able to get the most out of without it going overboard, without, you know, going too far. And I really appreciate that because there are a lot of games that, you know, that are, will be similar. They'll have a very simple gameplay mechanic, but then it will just stretch it out for way too long. And, you know, on mobile, uh, they knew exactly where to end it and exactly where to add enough challenge that if you really get into it, you can really go back and try and get those medals, you know, each, each, uh, job, I guess that's what they're called. You, you take jobs as this part-time UFO and each job has, you know, associated challenges with it. And I was playing a, a bit last night and I found out there are some medals I didn't get. Uh, uh, there's one challenge in here that asks, asks you to make a, uh, a ice cream sundae. And then you just pick up these items off the conveyor yep. belt uh, as the chef is <laughs> yep. flipping in the background. Uh, and the one I didn't get was uh, put all seven different ingredients in the, uh, in the, ice cream cup i guess that's what it's called the little um, yeah the little bowl yeah yeah the bowl thank you um <laughs> the, the really hard word to think of bowl um <laughs> and and so i mean that's basically just what it is, is is you taking these jobs you have a crane that's your one uh tool at your disposal and it works it just uh, completely works and uh, it's both uh from a gameplay point of view, it works, and also from a visual point of view, because there is so much beauty in the uh, in the art direction oh. and the animation here. Yeah, yeah, the, like from a presentational standpoint, like it is just so cute and like well done and solid and well animated, and then it has like. <laughs> I swear, maybe the most catchy video game theme song of all time. <laughs> like you hear, it just gets, it's a total earworm. It just gets stuck in your head. And I, I will be, I will have that little tune in my head for the rest of my life. I feel like it is just drilled in there. Um, it, it's so good. And then like, what's really nice too, is you're paid, you know, based on your performance and these little jobs. And then, you really the function of being paid is to then get like outfits, different UFOs that can uh, that can have different effects in the way that you interact with the gameplay. And some of them are like little Easter eggs. Some of them are like purely aesthetic and some of them have actual like real, you know, useful gameplay application. And it's so cool. Like what a fun, you know, just what a fun loop. What a pleasurable loop yeah. of upgrades. And I, and I love, and I assume it's the same way for the Switch version, that when you switch costumes, it's just a little fashion show. And, you know, you yes. switch to new costumes and all the people are like, yay! It's like, ah, what a great little uh, touch to add to this, just to make it all that more whimsical. Um, but you're right, there there is a, a, a vast difference in how some of these costumes work. You know, you have the, the one that's Quibi from uh, um, Box Boy, mm-hmm. that I don't think he really, like, I don't think he really has that that much usefulness or or, or difference no. from how the normal one, uh, how just the UFO controls by himself. Uh, but then you have a safety helmet, which is has become my go to to get those medals because it stops a, it stops the UFO on a dime. One of the things that you have to be aware of when you're playing this game is that uh, momentum plays a huge factor yes. in how the UFO moves. By the way, I think they gave him a name in the Switch version. I think it's like Jobski. Jobski. Yeah. Jobski. Yep. 
That is that is um, <laughs> so that is a that is a first draft <laughs> name right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I love how low effort it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you are when you're controlling the UFO, he will move, and when you try and stop him, he'll like keep going because he has that momentum. And so, like that's one of the challenges early on is trying to. Um, get yourself accustomed to how he moves or how it moves um, and, and to complete the challenges. And uh, right. when, you un- when you unlock safety helmet, uh, a lot of that challenge goes right out the door because he, like I said, he'll stop on a dime. The crane will still move and that can still uh, mess you up on some of these goals. Uh, there's one challenge in here where you have to stack 10 hamsters on a balance beam that's being held by an um an elephant wearing a hat. And one of the challenges yes. in it is you can't knock the hat off the, off the elephant's head. And boy, that was challenging because that crane would just swoop down and knock it right off. Like, well, I got to start, start over again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just, just the, the, the brilliant imagination going into that, you have a, uh, a elephant on a unicycle with a balance beam that you need to stack 10 hamsters on. What other video game have you ever done something like that in? <laughs> right. They get a lot of like interesting mileage out of just the things you have to do in part-time UFO. But I, but I think what's really fascinating about the gameplay and the thing that is like subtly brilliant about it is that we are all familiar with crane games, mm-hmm. right? Like everybody has played a crane game. So you immediately know the way that that works mechanically. Like you immediately know what it feels like to see that thing slowly go down and pick it up. And it it all makes sense without the game really having to tell you much. And it also creates these moments of like physics, just these like gingerly placing something and just balancing it just so on top of something else. And just having to, like you said, play with the momentum and like it creates these like breath holding, like tension moments (laughs) And um, it, it works so well for the gameplay. Like it makes the gameplay very addictive. I love it. I mean, that's where I think uh, a lot of the later, like when you revisit levels and you try and go for the the, the top score and you try and go on the more difficult versions mm-hmm. of it, uh, you know, that's where the challenge comes in. We know when you're stacking those cheerleaders, you need to be very careful about how you stack them to get them as high as possible. Um, you can go at it, you know, really willy nilly, but you're probably not going to get the score that you want for that. So, uh, you know, it, it, it really feeds into the, the, this is the idea that anyone can play this game on any skill level, but if you want to get really good at it and you want to be really high skill at it, the challenge is there and the reward is there. Yeah. That's something that Nintendo is always really good about. It's, it's one of those like easy to pick up, difficult to master, right? Exactly. Nintendo is always great about that. Um, it's it's interesting too, and and I, I wanted to ask you how the game feels to control on mobile because Switch, you know, it, it controls just like you would think, but but on mobile, I mean, how how does that translate? So there is uh, there are actually two um, two control methods for mobile. One of them is you slide your your finger across the screen that moves the UFO, and then you tap. I'm actually looking at it right now to remember that brings out the claw. Um, that one, if you are just playing for fun, that is that is a fine way to play. If you're actually going for the medals, you, you'd want to do the other one, which is uh, the two-handed control method that has a little joystick, uh, the, a digital joystick that you, that you use to move around the UFO, and then a button that you press to drop down his hook. That is the more accurate way to play. It, it is very um, uh, 
responsive. So like you don't really, there's no point. And I've had this with some mobile games where you like move the joystick and you move it too far. And so he stops moving or something like that. Not the case here. It's a very sound setup. They did a very good job of, of programming that. So um, I definitely imagine, I mean, as soon as I saw that this was coming to switch, I thought, Oh, well that's going to be the ideal way to control it because that's just how it is. You know, you get those real controls in there and suddenly, ah, this makes a lot more sense. So um, I imagine it's, it's just a treat to control on switch then. It is. Yeah, no, it it feels really good. And I mean, like being able to use like a proper D pad or control stick. I mean, yeah, it just feels really good. And I mean, it's very simplistic in Mm -hmm. that you're just, you know, lowering and grabbing with a crane, but I mean, yeah, it feels, it feels really good on switch. And I, I was curious, does the mobile game have any sort of like any possibility for a co-op component because the switch version does. Nope. That okay. was, that was one of the several things they added for switch version. There's also the tower building mode where you just keep building up and higher and higher. Right. And then the treasure hunt mode, um, which to me, I, I mean, I watched a trailer for it this morning and I'm kind of thinking I should just spend the $9 and buy it for switch because worth it. Like, yeah. I would love to see more of this series. And I think that would be a great way to go forward with it. Yeah, totally. Totally. You could, and and like, it's the kind of thing where, I mean, I I don't know anything about the development cycle of this game, but like, you have to imagine it's the kind of thing they could make on a fairly steady clip. Mm -hmm. Like the way they make box boy or made box boy like that, you know, it was almost annual. Like you're getting a new box boy, like all the time. And um, they ended up making like four or five of those games. And part-time UFO seems like it could follow a really similar trajectory if it, if it did well. And um, yeah, it's, I, I really think that part-time UFO works amazingly well as a co-op game. I really was not like looking forward to playing it with my wife mm-hmm. because we like, we'll play like overcooked and stuff like that. And we just wind up yelling, you know, grab the stupid tomatoes, you know, <laughs> and just yell at each other, whatever. Uh, and this was not necessarily different, but because of that kind of like element I was talking about earlier, that kind of like tension, you know, there's almost like a crane games have this inherently like um, observational, almost like a, like there, there's something like arena, like about it. Like it, like it, it encourages spectation or like spectators. Like you, you want to like look at it and see what's going to happen. And so for her and I to have to like coordinate both of those things and figure out those challenges it made for a very stressful experience, but, uh, but it was so much fun, like a super, I mean, we played a few co-op games together and part-time UFO ranks right up there at the top of the most fun we've had in co-op. So it's, it works wonderful that way. I will um, say you are a brave I, man for playing overcooked with a significant other. That is a, that seems like a relationship destroying <laughs> game right there. Um, it, it the, is. Yeah. The, the one thing I, I wanted to, to to make clear, if you haven't played uh, Part-Time UFO yet, um, we keep mentioning a crane games. Uh, crane games are designed to drop the item that you have. Not the case here. Right. Uh, the UFO job ski won't just drop the item you pick up unless you grab it really poorly. Um, but generally, like 99% <laughs> right. of the time, it's going to stay in his claws. So don't, don't worry about this being like that machine you played at a bowling alley where you couldn't get the Bugs Bunny Space Jam plush or something. So... <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah it's no he, he doesn't just immediately drop it he picks it up you you control um if he drops it or not um and like you said unless you grab it at like a bad angle and physics kind of takes it and whatever um yeah you're gonna hang on to that thing so it, it's it's just really interesting to see them take that and make like a full game out of that 
uh, mechanic. And I, yeah. I think it lends itself really well to a ton of different things. How do you feel? I, I've always wanted to ask somebody else about this. For, forgive me for, for sort of just like, um, for just spitballing a bunch of different things, but I've never had the chance to just gush about this game with somebody else. <laughs> um, <laughs> how, how do you feel about them not telling you how to complete the challenges necessarily? Cause the way it works is you'll complete a level and you'll have like these, these boxes of like pictures that will illustrate what you're supposed to do to unlock like these bonus like challenges. And you don't necessarily, you can kind of gauge, you know, a lot of times, but some of them are very vague. How, how do you come down on that? Um, you know, I, I prefer them to be less vague um, because you are right. There are some challenges that it's just like, what the heck am I supposed to do here? Sometimes it's obvious right. you'll see a, a little like, and, and it's absolutely tiny on, on a mobile phone screen, um, a little True, silhouetted yeah. box of like uh you know, the, the different ice cream ingredients with the number seven in it. And so, you know, that's kind of a hint, but of, of what you're supposed to do, that's a more obvious version of, of some of these hints. Cause some of the, some of the times it is just a silhouette and it's just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. I don't know how to get that metal. What is going on? <laughs> um, and so right. I think th- that to me was, was, is probably the only down point I think I have with part-time UFO is that, some of those illustrations aren't are a little too um, obscure to kind of pick up what you're supposed to do. And and it could be a little bit trial and error. Yeah. It's I, I, I feel so weird about it because I've thought a lot about this and it's like, on one hand, it's like, yeah, it, it can be frustrating. On the other hand, I kind of like when a game, I don't know, th- this isn't like an excuse for it or whatever, but I do mm-hmm. kind of like it when a game requires you to like go for outside help. Like, um, there was a story that ran, I think on Kotaku, um, when the switch version of the game came out, there was this, uh, this Reddit user Spookadelic who made her own like wiki about the game, <laughs> like just with the express purpose of describing and, and talking about what all of those challenges mean. And it, it was on one hand, it's like, oh man, it's super frustrating. On the other hand, I'm like, I, I kind of like that because it's so vague it allows for things like that to happen, you know? So I, I, I will know. say I, I, I'm of two minds. I will say, I appreciate that they didn't just like have a written description to go along with it. Cause that would have taken yes. a lot of the fun and challenge out of it. Um, I just wish some of these pictures were a little more clear, a little more easy to read. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. There's some that are a little, uh, they're a little vague and it's like, really, uh, you gotta like, look up the, you know, look up the wiki or whatever. How do you feel about there? There's, there's a moment, uh, specifically towards the end. There's like a, not really a big story, but there is like kind of a conclusion, um, to, to the game. There's like a final boss, so to speak. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about that? Because the game does kind of work in like combat weirdly, um, towards the end of the game. How, how did you come down on that? Uh, you know, ultimately it's unnecessary to what the rest of the experience was giving us with, which is just, you know, this UFO that's living in the gig economy. Uh, it kind of felt like right. it's, it's a video game. So we need a final boss battle as just right. some sort yeah. of requisite. And so, um, I mean, the, the challenges were fun. I, I think I, I, it took me maybe three times to do the very last one of them. Um, they, I, I I had more fun doing the jobs beforehand, though. Those the, that to me was mm-hmm. the more interesting part. 
Yeah, I, I thought it was a weird choice. I mean, I, I don't hate it. I think it works fine for what it is. But yeah, you're right. It does kind of feel like, ah, oh, it's a video game. So of course there needs to be explodey stuff and you have to have a big <laughs> confrontation at the end, you know. But uh, no, I, I, you know, it is what it is. I, I like it for what it is. And yeah, the challenges were fun. Did, did you, uh, you, you, did you end up going back and, uh, and clearing any of those old challenges that you hadn't picked up yet? Yeah, I'm still, I think that has still have like, two more medals I need to get. Uh, one of them is with that, that uh, the, the job where you move cargo from one ship to the other. That one's always been tricky for me because one of the challenges is that you're not supposed to hit the squid that jump out of the water. And they just seem yes. to always want to jump right into me. So <laughs> like that's one I'm missing. Yes. And then um, uh, the, the third museum one where you're putting together the dinosaur, I don't know what challenge I'm missing from that one, but uh yeah, th- those are the last two medals. I- I'm probably going to get them this week. I still have the rest of the week off. Um, so I'm probably just going to sit down and, and 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 go through it and really max this out. And then go get the Switch version so I could play some of those new features that, I, that I've been missing out again. on. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's well worth it. And what's really nice, too, and, and like... I cover games on this show. Like we did an episode about gotcha force with my buddy, Dan, which is like this obscure GameCube game, but that game costs like $500 <laughs> part-time UFO is a game. You can go on the switch eShop and pay 10, 15 bucks or whatever it is. Oh, it's less than that. I think it's like it. nine bucks. I think it's less than $10. So. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, it's cheap. It's readily available. You can play it on mobile for like you said, three ninety nine or whatever it is. I mean, it's like such a breezy. It's like the perfect weekend game. You Mm -hmm. know, like you can just totally go through it. It's not asking for too much of your time, which is like so attractive to me in this day and age. Like I don't have the time for like, I'm playing Neo, the world ends with you right now. And I'm just like, my goodness, I'm going to be playing this for like the rest of my life. I feel like (laughs) I have no time to dedicate to hundred hour RPGs anymore. So it's so it's a breath of fresh air to have something like part-time UFO where it's like, Hey man, just play this for, you know, 30 minute sessions or whatever, put it down, come back to it if you want. I love that. Well, I will so, say for, I don't know for Neo, the world ends with you. You'll be happy to know you don't have to play for more than 40 hours unless you're trying to hundred percent it. So, uh, oh, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> it, it, it's not like persona that. five. <laughs> I refuse to play persona five because I don't have that much free time in my life. Um, but yeah, yes. I always, I always look at something like part-time UFO as kind of one of those palate cleanser games, you know, where you invest so much time mm-hmm. into one game and so many hours and you just need a break from it. This is like the perfect little title to get away from, from something like that to really just reset, play something different, kind of loosen up from, from what you had just been going through. And, um, it really fits that bill. And, um, yeah. So like if, if you just are looking for a break from whatever it is you're playing through right now, it's something you've been playing for a long time that you, you feel you need to just take a step away from like part-time UFO is the perfect little game to, to kind of dive into, to, to, to fill your time with until you're ready to get back into, you know, your regular game. I, I love that. I love that term palate cleanser. Cause man, I played this. I think the game I played immediately before this was like the last of us or <laughs> like, like, Ghost of Tsushima or something like that, where it's like good games, but they're definitely like grim dark, you know, and then you're yeah. just like do 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 you know, it's like so <laughs> it's so chill and just like colorful and happy. And I just like I love the the space that it occupies. Um yeah. we we've talked a lot about about the things that make the game special. Uh let me ask you this. I always kind of like to uh hypothetically you know, hopefully they end up making more of this, 
what are some of the things you would like to see? We've talked about kind of like making the challenges a little more obvious or a little less vague rather, but what are, what are some of the things you'd like to see them kind of expand upon in a part-time UFO to a full-time UFO, so to speak? Um, you know, from what I've seen of the treasure hunt mode on the switch, I would like to like, instead of having these individual jobs that you take have, I mean, th- this kind of seems like an obvious sequel idea based on what we've seen in past, uh, uh, games like when Toki Tori had individual levels and then Toki Tori two was a big expansive world. I kind of think it, I would right. like to see it go in that direction. Um, but I, I wouldn't want it to lose the charm that comes with all the different locations that you have with the jobs that you do in this one. So right. Uh, to me, that would be the like the perfect little combination. If you could have, you know, a big big world that you fly through and you complete challenges and in, in, in little areas, uh, that but that also is as diverse and as imaginative as the locations that you do uh, right now with the different jobs. With that excellent background animation, I was I, when I, when I did the uh, the ice cream challenge today. I never noticed this before, but the chef who is in the background flipping pancakes or whatever it is when you successfully balance a piece of ice cream on the bowl uh he he like he does a little shoulder shimmy that is just (laughs) amazing like how did i not notice that before it's not like my favorite thing in the game i'm obsessed with just this little shoulder shimmy like (laughs) like (laughs) what is this this is great so um yeah i mean to me for a hypothetical knock on wood please make it happen part-time ufo too um, that would, that's what I want. I, I wanted like a big, big world, big world to explore with my little job ski. Yeah. I, I love that. It's, it's yeah. And I, I don't want it to lose like the kind of like weird junk that you're doing in the different locales. And like you, you see in like the game's key art, it's like a planet with all of these little characters, you know, above it and all these like weird little things you're, you know, like you said, one minute you're in like a circus, the next minute you're in an ice cream shop or whatever. And there's like a little, um, toy room level there's Uh um you know there's actual space levels and 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 things work differently there so yeah i would like to see them kind of like maintain that in in the way that like katamari does where it's like you have a an open area with objectives but you still have like unique things happening in that space yeah um yeah i i think that'd be really cool too or Uh, i guess another anything else you want to yeah or I guess another option would be to uh, just make the levels bigger with more challenges. So it's not just one challenge you're based around, right. maybe like five challenges. That that would be the other option. So, or other idea, I should say. Yeah, no, totally. Um, that, that'd be cool too. I'd like to just see, I, I guess like the easy answer is just more of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just more of that, please. Uh, no, CJ, was there anything else you wanted to kind of bring to light? Shout out about part-time UFO real quick before we wrap anything special you wanted to highlight about it real quick. Um, I think, I think we've just about covered everything that I would have to say with it. it it's just. <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be weirdly personal so uh, feel free to cut this out if you don't want this please. but um no please uh i've spent a lot of my life being cynical being very cynical about things cynical about the industry it's very hard to be into the industry right now with everything that's going on and so yes this is the type of the game that 
is perfect escapism to feel good. Like this is just a game, even when I completely blow a challenge, even when I just mess something up and I have to do it again, like it, it's, it's impossible for me not to feel good when playing this. And it, and it completely, you know, it fights against my natural cynicism. And so I, I, I love it all the more for that. Um, if you haven't played it yet, either way that you do either on mobile or on switch, um, I guess preferably switch because you get the more content there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just just give it a shot. It's just so, uh, it's just a wonderful little slice of bliss. Yeah. Th- thanks for saying that too, by the way, because you're right. It's a total like hellscape right now in video games. And like, it's it's such a nice like cleansing salve. It's like a warm heal for the soul. Uh, something like part-time UFO is just so it's you know with with everything going on right now like it's nice to have something that is just individual and pure and good and it just exists and it's just there for you to experience it so we obviously uh highly highly recommend that you do and we hope that there's a sequel coming from Hal sometime yeah. down the down the pipe uh CJ point folks in your direction where can folks kind of find you online and and keep up with what you're doing um, you know, just mostly destructoid.com. Uh, I am now the editor at large. Uh, nice. Having Congratulations. Step, having stepped, thanks. Uh, having stepped down from my, uh, features editor just cause full-time job. And we also brought a wonderful, uh, new writer, Nicole, uh, Warner. I want to say is her last name. I was about to say Wagner, but I was about to feel really bad for not knowing her <laughs> name. Um, I'm terrible with names. Uh, so that's where you can mostly find me. I'm on Twitter. Don't follow me there. I'm terrible at Twitter. So just just destructoid.com. Gotcha. Gotcha. Fair enough. Well, uh, again, thanks for coming on. Just a blast to uh, to chat with you and, uh, and talk about part-time UFO. And um, again, folks, we, we want to point you there. Buy it on Switch. Buy it on mobile. Buy it wherever you're going to buy it. But just play part-time UFO. Um, so... If you want to keep up with this show, if you want to follow Keep Nintendo Weird and everything we're doing, you can find me at Twitter uh, at $2 Hero. Uh, you can follow our main show, All In, at All In Podcast. And you can follow this one at KNW Podcast. And um, yeah, until next time, guys, create what you want to create. And thank you for helping me keep Nintendo weird. Bye. Bye.